Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey guys, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our buddies at ProTaper Handlebars and controls and hole shot devices and sprockets and chains. Guys at ProTaper, they make it all. So um, Don Maeta joined by Chase Curtis and Dominic Gaten in-house. And once again, we've got our editor, Michael Antonovich, remote from home. And uh, he just got home from a lovely sweltering week in uh, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee at the Loretta Lynn's Amateur National. So welcome back to uh, normalcy, buddy. Yeah, it was so much fun that I'm going to go back this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I think you it need to great. pack a little different this weekend, though. Yeah, uh, it's going to be hotter. But it also looks like it's going to be wetter. So we'll <laughs> oh, see how oh it's hotter, and it's going to be raining. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like it, The weather was great. Like, I had heard all these, like, terrible stories about Loretta Lens over the years, and understandably so. Like, it's the Midwest, especially down there in those pockets in the mountains and stuff. It gets gnarly. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I packed rain gear, like, waterproof boots that I take to the Nationals, like, camera stuff, all of that. Never needed it. Was in shorts and a T-shirt the whole week and, like, a big, like had to block the sun and then uh it was all pretty good the last two days were considerably hotter and we even like tom drenette and i were even talking on saturday afternoon when they finished the open pro sport moto like right when that finished is when we should expect the first 250 pro moto to start racing this weekend and it was about the same temperature so we know what to expect coming into this weekend especially with having to wear the mask and all that other stuff so Mm. yeah we have a nice i like i said loretta's amateur week was spring training for the pro stuff coming up Hmm. Wait, so did you say that you were wearing shorts? Mm-hmm. There's actual color on my legs now. Dude, I, I saw him on one of the live feeds. You did? I saw him on the track, and it looked like a flamingo like by the, like by the water Are you sure? side. No, it probably looked like some ravers with glow sticks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bro, they're white. Like, they're white. And I even, like, got outside at one point in time. I'm like, yo, dude, maybe I should just wear pants all week and not, like, have, like, call attention to anybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Did you get burnt? No, no, no. Oh, I'm good. all good there. That's good. Yeah, I just <laughs> look like I'm about to get burnt at any moment. Uh. Hmm. So do you have tan lines on your legs now? That's the question. Yeah. You do? Yes, I do. Nice. I do. <sighs> Anton with color. Like no. I said, we're going to get the base tan started late this year. Yeah. <laughs> no well, sock lines, though, I bet. No sock lines. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk about the racing a little bit. We had uh, some uh, interesting results, some not-so-surprising results, and then uh, I want to know what happened to Renee. Oh, yeah. i got to look him up. But, uh, but yeah, so who impressed you the most all week? Uh, obviously, like, Styles Robertson, Dylan Schwartz, Mason Gonzalez. I had never really heard of Gonzalez that much. I knew of Schwartz and Robertson, though. Those three guys were the class of the open pro sport field. Uh, all three of them scored motos through the week. Styles got both titles. Schwartz got second in one class, third in another. Uh, him and Gonzalez switched. Those kids are great. Um, they're going to all three race pro this weekend at Loretta's in the 250 class mm-hmm. with their respective teams. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how all that goes. But really, the B class, and I had always heard this watching Loretta's from afar, is like the most stacked field mm-hmm. because that's where all the young talent is. That's where everybody's kind of starting to figure out who's going to go where. Some of the fastest lap times of the week come through there. So my two biggest like takeaways was just how gnarly Chance Hymas and Levi Kitchen were. And then also that Nate Thrasher, like, that kid can put on a charge mm-hmm. like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Romano is super fast for a young kid. LeBlanc is steady Eddie, like, for, for a young kid like him. And then uh, Jet is going so good, but you just hate to see him crash because, yeah. like, it, it looks like he's completely just hating hating it at some points in time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that get-off he had through the Ten Commandments was, was gnarly. Yeah. But by far the top two guys of the weekend, in my, in my opinion – Chance Hymas and Levi Kitchen. Those mm-hmm. two dudes were doing things that nobody else was doing. Uh, Levi was the first one to sky that big sand roller uh, after the beach section along the, the little creek. 
And it was considerably faster. Him racing the limited class, like so stock bike, essentially, he was turning the fastest laps of the, of the entire week at certain points. Wow. But how he would hit lines, like he was able to like kind of hit braking bumps diagonally instead of just charging straight into them. He must, have, so watched, he w- he must have watched skills with Nick Way. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I literally was thinking that. <laughs> Super low RPM, so he doesn't like rev the hell out of the bike everywhere. And mm-hmm. then when there were braking bumps that were pretty big that he couldn't do that with, he was just doubling them, like full-on Euro style. Nice. So then Hymas, on the other hand, is like smaller kid. Levi's 19. Hymas is like 14 or 15. This is his first year on a big bike. Hymas is just riding the hell out of the thing. Like, he goes for the wide lines. He'll cut across all the ruts, like, when he, like, goes and diamonds off a corner. But then he also would make these really good charges, and then he would hop the braking bumps and everything like that. Uh, the last race of the weekend that was, like, most notable was Schoolboy 2. So going into it, it was, like, Hymas, Thrasher, and Jet, all three had a shot at the title. Jet was obviously wounded. Thrasher really had to put it together to get that one done. Or, no, I'm sorry, and Nick Romano, too. Romano was, uh, like, kind of having his own issues through the week. Hymas mm. was outside the top ten on the first lap, missed the Ten Commandments because he got booted off. By the time he rejoined, he lost a bunch of positions and then just kept, like, upping the wick and then passed his way into first place and won the title. And it was Damn. unbelievable because I, that's not a lot of time and that's not a big track to make a lot of passes, and he just worked his way by everybody. Mm-hmm. So that kid's going to be a big, big threat. That's the one that Jake Weimer's been working with uh, yep. for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, So one of the names you mentioned that I was surprised is, is uh, Nick Romano. I was surprised to see him not emerge with the title because he's just been laying it down at, uh, at our race series, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at Paris, right, Chase? Yeah. We were both shocked, like, how he worked LeBron. LeBlanc, yeah, and in then, every moto, yeah, and then he, they'd they'd catch up the pro class and pass those guys, yeah, yeah, that kid's so kid's fast. So like Romano in one moto, him and Jet were going at it pretty well, and then his clutch went out. I saw and that. He, yep, he DNF'd, and that was a big deal because that kind of killed his momentum for that entire right. like kind of for the week. But then in another race, he, I wouldn't say he dropped anchor or anything like that, but he did kind of lose it there a little bit it wasn't a gnarly phase but it was enough that the other guys were able to put a gap on him and he lost some spots but that was early in the week mm-hmm. after he got over that everything else was pretty consistent uh i had been paying a lot of attention to those guys because like him and leblanc are two totally different dudes leblanc's oh, yeah. a little bit bigger way more filled out romano's a little kid and he's he's fast mm-hmm. um so yeah it was cool to see those guys especially that star racing dynamic because they have really emerged as like the hotbed team against Cali Cali's team green program as like, who's got the top stuff in, in amateur racing right now. And I think that that's only going to get more intense over these next few years, especially as Yamaha puts more and more emphasis into the star racing program. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, was, uh, were some of the star guys out there was, uh, Brad Hoffman and Will Hahn there because I saw them at, I saw them at Fox racing. What day were we there? Friday on Friday. So, so. Will and Coker, Jeremy Coker, were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, dude, like, those two dudes are badass. So you know where, like, if you've ever been to Loretta's, when you get off the interstate and you turn, it's like an eight-mile drive or so from there to the ranch. Yep. Me and Casey Davis were driving into the track, and we see Will and we see Coker just, like, marathon racing like Kenyan runners down the road. <laughs> they ran the eight miles through the track from the highway. Hmm. And, like just crushing it out you know and i was like and then you see them and i saw like right after they got done with their run and i was like how you feel and they're like oh yeah we're fine like they are two marathoners so (laughs) those two were there will left early and then coker was there to finish out the week Mm -hmm. um so yeah because will needs to get back and and figure out all the stuff going on with the pro racing starting this weekend Hmm. cool yeah um so Dahmer and i went to fox raceway on friday and we saw we saw some guys riding, and uh, man, were you imp- you were impressed by Barsha as I was, right? Totally. He looked great. He uh, Justin says he's got some new suspension settings, and he's all pumped on the bike. But uh, <clears throat> he looked good, and he looked happy. And uh, you know, I asked him about it, and he 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 was happy when he was telling me how good the bike was. He wasn't just saying it, you know. 
So I think he ought to be surprising. And then, you know, that's when we first saw Christian on the Honda HRC bike testing with uh, Kehoe and Lars and that whole crew. <laughs> and I walked up to him and I'm all, hey, uh, what's going on here? Mm. And Christian got that like little fidgety <laughs> look. And he's like, oh, they're, they're just helping me set up my bike because I was going to race a bone stock bike. Right. I'm like, yeah, somebody's not racing. And then I was talking to Dom on the drive home and I'm all, hey, we haven't seen anything from Kenny on social media. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not racing because he wants to get healthy. Or he's hurt or something, right? Mm-hmm. Lo and behold. <clears throat> but yeah, so that press release just came out, what, like an hour ago? Yeah. Um, and that was something, too, like, I had kind of been figuring that was going to come. Uh, especially as, like, when you saw and showed me that photo of Christian from last week. But, like, even before the Nationals got close to this, like, the one team we thought that wasn't going to race was Honda. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if there was anybody that was going to object to it, it was going to be Honda to do it and rocks and especially with all the stuff that he has going on so not a huge surprise i heard though as like recently as friday they were still unsure as like is he gonna race is he not gonna race what do we got to do we have to make this decision now because the truck's got to start his drive to tennessee mm. wow that's so crazy. it sounds like yeah so it sounds like all that stuff kind of came together in these last few days and and was confirmed today yeah i wonder if you know now that the news is out if uh like Kehoe or someone would comment on it if he had been testing and moving forward and so on and so forth, you know? I mean, I know he's been doing backflips into the lake on his bicycle. Yeah. But, uh... Well, when you went to, like, the Flying Iron Horse Ranch when we were in Utah, mm-hmm. like, they were testing stuff then. Yeah. Like, or did it seem like it was just being time spent to keep him sharp for, for mm-hmm. the Supercross races? I don't know that they were testing as much as him just putting in laps. I mean, I... I mean, that track was like a motocross-supercross hybrid, so I, I doubt he would have been doing outdoor testing in the middle of the races. Well, he was here, like, two weeks ago, he was mm-hmm. here testing. Yeah, yeah, you're Sexton. right. They were at Elsinore, and then they they even rented out uh, Fox that Friday to mm-hmm. ride, or Thursday or whatever, when Tickle rode the Yamaha for the first time. Yeah. So they were testing for a little bit a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so maybe it really was a... Uh, Super last minute. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe like... Thursday last week before Christian got away. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But, hey, Tickle looks good on the Yamaha, too. I mean, I thought he looked uh, super comfortable on it. He said it was, I mean, sorry, J-Bone, but he said it smokes a Suzuki <laughs> as far as power. He said the motor is incredible. I think we he, all kind of knew that. And he though, likes the yeah. way it handles, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. How would you think Tickle looked? No, Tickle looks solid for sure. A lot more comfortable than he did uh, before. That whole that – whole, uh, team looks a lot happier lately like even like the dudes working mm-hmm. but barsha like you said the last two weeks i've noticed everyone around there seems a lot more happy you know like when supercross yeah. first ended and rv's over there everyone's kind of grumpy and serious but well gr- rv has that effect <laughs> on everybody yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean so, you know there's been a uh, there's been an exodus of up. sorts yeah of, of a lot of the top management there right you know jim perry's gone mm-hmm. um Keith McCarty's gone. Yeah. And who's a lot? Guerrero. Mike Guerra. Mike yeah. Guerra's gone yeah. as well. So to me, that makes it sound like they're kind of getting things ready for maybe Star to take over the program, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So. Hey, it, it sounds like that's like done, done. Yeah. Yeah. Like You know, it's funny. Sure is Brad, uh, I asked Brad about that at Paula, and he said it's or at Fox Raceway, and he said it's not a totally done deal yet. Really? But he was there working with those guys a little bit <laughs> i mean dylan Fernandez was there as well on the other side but yeah. brad spent a lot of time talking to the uh 450 guys mm-hmm. but i don't know now, hey that and yamaha is not the only one that's been having some internal changes like yeah we know that bobby hewitt exited it at husky earlier this year sam masuda at honda just was offered like a chance to leave and he did so now there's even been some shakeups within honda too there's a lot of stuff going on within the industry. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that a lot of people might think like, Oh, it's COVID related. And that could be partly due with like companies restructuring their budgets. But dude, that's a lot of the old guard leaving mm-hmm. guys like Sam. The fact that like Don, when, when I found out that McCarty left and then when I told you, I think we both about fell over. Yeah. You know, so there's, it's going to be interesting to see how this big shift happens within moto, because a lot of the guys that are there, and we've come to know are going to get shuffled around a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been uh, 
there's been some changes even on lower levels at manufacturers. So, you know, yeah. you know, he's not a well-known guy, but I have to s express that I'm super bummed that uh, Anthony DeGraca, old meatball at Husqvarna, is moving on. I think this Friday is his last day there. Um, yeah, sad to see him go, as I was sad to see David O'Connor go from KTM. They're both guys that uh, we deal with as media for, like, our test bikes and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah. But uh, getting back to Fox on Friday, dude, how about Ferrandis? Those guys, I think that's why they look so happy because they know Ferrandis isn't racing in their class this weekend <laughs> because he, he was on fire. Yeah. He was uh, doing that big triple in the back that only Barsha was doing. Right. Yeah, and on 250F. But it was it was weird, Anton, seeing him run with the number 14, you know, because we've mm -hmm. seen him all year with the one, and it's the first time we've seen someone besides Cole Seeley run a 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I, and I think that's going to take, like, some getting used to this year. It's cool how they have 12, 13, 14 at that team. McElrath, mm -hmm. <laughs> Nichols, cool, yeah. him. Huh. Yeah, but, dude, and I'm bummed. Like, I hated to think this way, but, like, on the note of that, uh, I'm so bummed that Colt's going to miss the start of these races, and part of me is like, this is the 13 curse, like, striking. Yeah, again. right? Yeah. Jeez. Like, it's all I've been, like, when he picked that number, I was like, uh, really? Yeah. You know, and, and I get it, and, like, there is, it does take some balls to want to run the 13 to, like, prove that you're going to break it. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's been a lot of guys that have even said, like, that's why I picked the number, is to show that it doesn't matter to me, but then every time it's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't really end that well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Colts just have has little things, you know. I mean, yeah. Let's, let's knock on wood. I mean, I don't want anything of Jesse's magnitude to happen to him ever. But no, no. But uh, yeah, he has had a run of pretty shitty luck. Yeah, yeah. Who else, is th who, else who else is thirteen? We had Tortelli, and then and Heath like, Voss. Heath Voss. Yep. Yep. And like, think about it. Tortelli was like the next big thing, and then you know he adjusted to life in the U.S. and it. And Ricky, Ricky happened. And then Voss was good. Uh, was there anybody between them and Voss? I can't recall. Uh, uh, Swink. Wasn't Swink 13 on the Moto Triple X? Yeah, that was before all of them. Was yeah, it? that had to have been before that. Yeah. Uh, mm. I, and I, I, I would think it had to be in like a 250 class because I don't remember a 450 guy running. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody at home is just screaming that they know the answer and that we're yeah, right? so stupid yeah, right Idiots, now. you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, on the bad luck note, um, when Dahmer and I pulled into Fox Raceway, you know, we parked along the backside. You know, Anton, how, you know, the pro uh, guys that don't want to be bothered by the goons on the vet track, they park on the far side. We were pulling in there, and just as, like, we got close um, and Dahmer was getting ready to turn into where we were going to park, I just saw like feet fly through the air and like people running and jumping over the fence and lo and behold it was our buddy Tevin Tapia. He went for that he went for that triple, you know, on the backside of Paula. It's like super fast and mm -hmm. uh it was still pretty early in the morning. I think it was still wet and uh yeah. he cased it, went over the bars cause the front end stuck and landed on his head. Um so oh. <clears throat> you know, I just thought, Oh, somebody crashed and like we were, we were, Dahmer was unloading his bike and I was setting up my cameras and Jeff Pistano walked by and I was like, dude, Tapia's fucked up. I was like, what? It's Tapia? And he goes, 211, right? And so then I ran over there and, uh, you know, there was, there was, uh, EMTs already around him and, uh, his dad, yeah, his dad was there, but, uh, you know, I, I walked up and I made eye contact with him and he's like, Hey Don, pray for me. So, uh, at the time. It was really scary because, you know, he landed on his head. And Pistana said his bike hit him. But, I mean, I don't know that that happened. But uh, he said he couldn't feel his legs at all. And uh, he thought that he had broken his humerus, his upper arm on his left arm. And, uh, yeah, he was just freaking out. Oh, I take it back. He was not freaking out. He was so calm. Calm, cool, and collected. But it was just kept saying, pray for me. Tell people to pray for me. Um, you know, I, I don't want to be like this. So he got taken away, um, spoke to him. He actually called me later that night, and uh, he broke his C6 and C7 in his neck, which is strange that he broke his C6 and C7 and his legs went numb. But uh, he has a contusion on his spinal cord. Um, he didn't have a broken arm. It was nerve pain from, mm. from the uh, 
from the fracture in his two vertebrae. Mm-hmm. Um, he had surgery to fuse the three ver- the two vertebrae together, and uh, he got movement back in his right leg. He has feeling throughout his whole body. He could feel his left leg, his left foot, everything, but he can't move his left leg at this moment. <coughs> um, I got an update from his his uh, fiance Brandy this morning on Instagram, and uh, she said that he still can't move his left leg. But uh, other than that, he should be in the hospital. I think I see you for like ten days. Oh wow! And he's super. She said he's super miserable because he misses his little boy. Yeah. And his, his son's like one year old. He can't come. The yeah. Little kid can't come to visit yeah. for sure. There's no Cause way. Because the whole COVID thing. But yeah. uh, they're probably not letting anybody in there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she's even allowed in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Man. But uh, yeah, I'm super bummed for that. I mean, Tevin Tevin gets on my nerves sometimes, and I tell him he's a kook. But man, he's a good guy. At the, you know, beneath yeah. it all, he's a super good guy and a good friend of ours. And we were just talking about how fast he's been looking yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah. So Tevin came to our race <laughs> series at LA County the other week and just mopped up on everybody. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny how we think Tevin's a kook, and then he comes out and he, wow, Looks he's really he's talented. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh. But yeah, so if you're listening, if you know Tevin Tapia, number 211 on the Yamaha, uh, keep, in your, keep him in your thoughts and prayers. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a road to recovery fund somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely be supporting that at Salt Moto Live and uh, keeping our pal in our thoughts. But, uh, he was so funny when, I, when we walked up there. They had just started doing stuff to him. And the, the medic guys, you know, he's laying there on his back, no helmet, obviously. And they threw a mask on him, like the, yeah, like the medical mask. And dude, he's late, and just calmly he goes, "Why in the hell is there a mask on my face?" <laughs> and then like somebody just pulled it off of him, and he yeah. just laid. And the, and the medic guy was like, "Whatever, whatever, dude." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I can't even imagine being hot. It was oh, already dude, hot. It was already hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Trying to breathe through that being thing. Hot in pain. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, hey guys, let's take a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, some racing that resumes this weekend. Hey everyone, Don Moyetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now, next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey guys, this is Shane McGrath of the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamaha team. BC Fit Mills has been a huge tool in my success by keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best way I possibly can. All their meals are super delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of trying to eat right daily. Visit their website at bcfitmills.com and sign yourself up today. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? 
Toyota of Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast, presented by Pro Taper. Um, so, uh, you know, there's those of us that are viewers and those of us that are doers. <laughs> so, uh, Dahmer, you watched MXGP all weekend, I assume. I did. Because you're a viewer. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend I was a viewer. Yeah. So, uh, so Anton, did you get to watch it last night as well? Yeah, I watched the highlights. Um, I got the, the viewing package. Like, the people at Infront Motor Group are really cool, and they always give us, like, the login for the year. So mm-hmm. if you guys want it, I can give it to you too. And I really was excited to see this race, especially because Latvia is a track I've been to. Yeah, dude, so, that uh, track is epic gnarly. looking. It looks so it's sweet. Awesome. Like, it's you so know, like awesome. a lot of the GP trucks just look fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. like rocky and <laughs> shitty. This track looks sweet. Like It, it was, had everything. Mm-hmm. Like elevation changes. Sand, big jumps. Yeah. Yeah. And then that one section that made everyone high side. <laughs> big rollers in that. I think because they, they started they turn. That's yeah. what I think did the it. Turning and landing. They're jumping down into breaking uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm shocked that uh, old Hurlings didn't just wax everybody. Like last week, we were like, can anyone even beat him? No. It was exciting, though, to see him. I mean, he, got, he had problems in the starts. Mm-hmm. But it's like, as soon as he got up, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. We're going to see the char. I mean, he just rides the piss out of that bike too mm-hmm. so Dahmer, so, when, you, when you signed in did you watch it as it happened or did you watch it later no i recorded it on cbs sports it was so on like, last what what do you have at your table when you're watching the race was i watching little, it was uh, that was that drink you drink a blue orchid martini no i had a little captain morgan and coke last captain night morgan and coke I had a little and captain and coke while i watched pretzels it. and cookies or what do you uh have? i don't think i had any snacks while i watched it last night I come have, on i did have a little celery and peanut butter while oh I was watching he's it. lying <laughs> i did i did miss truth alert i did i did but yeah. uh but yeah so i mean do you you uh just start to finish watch the thing Oh, yeah, dude. I rewind a bunch of stuff, too, that I see because I'll watch and something amazing will happen. I'll be like, oh, my God. Did, that, did you see them go? Do you, do you go, Jamie, Jamie, come here and 100%. make her watch? In fact, <laughs> ja- <laughs> it's funny. Jamie had bought this little table we, we got at Ikea yesterday, and she was building it. And I was kind of helping her, but I was more trying to watch the race. So, like, yeah, the whole time I'm like, Jamie, Jamie, look at this. Look, look, look watch this. Watch it. I'll rewind it, and she'll be like – and you can see the frustration of her, like, trying to, like, be a good wife and be like, oh, yeah, oh, oh wow, you know, and then just go back to, like, building her table. But but, yeah, I saw some some crazy stuff. Hmm. So, uh, Anton, is it impressive? Do you think that uh, Koldenhoff is like winning on the gas gas already, or is it just like not that big of a deal because it's the same bike platform? Uh, I mean, I think it's I don't sick. Think it's, that, it's sick. But it's sick, it, but it's, it's not that big of an accomplishment. Bike. Yeah. But like, it's more of a thing for Glenn that like, hey, this is like last year. If you if you remember those or MXGP rounds and then into the nations. I mean, he was the guy of the nations last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the star of it. Jeffrey kind of struggled and didn't kind of rise to the occasion. He had those starts and fades and everything. Koldenoff has been building and building and building. And he built at the end of last year because he was hurt at the start of it. He had broken his neck. So for him to be as quick as he is right now and healthy and everything is awesome. I mean, Glenn's one of those guys that can be a, a massive, uh, like variable same with Seaworth, same with Pollen, same with tonus even and now febra on that cali mm-hmm. i think glenn's badass like he's gonna win a lot of motos this year um especially sandy tracks like that because he's a dutch guy mm-hmm. you know he's one of the few guys that has done that western or uh that red bull beach race that they have in the netherlands and mm-hmm. stuff like that him and hurlings have both done it he trains with rhino so he's gnarly like the kid's in great shape and every time I see him, because I'll see him at the most random places, like him and his wife will fly to the United States and watch Supercrosses. So we'll be walking through the pits, and then like he'll grab my arm, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And he's cool. He's a rad kid, probably mm-hmm. one of the like most into-it guys over there. Uh, so for him to win was a big deal. 
I think the thing that's going to make this whole MXGP season interesting is how these guys stay healthy because they're not used to clicking off this many races in mm. such a quick succession. Dude, the the Those, three in a row is going to be brutal because, you know, their races are tough, right? I mean, even like the two Redbud Nationals that far apart are probably going to be taxing to some of the guys. So, yeah. you know, over there, especially three in a row. Yeah, you know, I didn't even, and I forgot that they had already did two I rounds did this yeah, year. Right? I totally forgot. I, I, I did too. They showed in their own time, and I'm like, whoa, I, I was, I don't know why I went into it thinking like, ooh, opening They're round opening. of MHGP, yeah. here we go. You know? Yeah, I saw like them post points or something right. before the race. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh my God, that seemed like so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And see. Go ahead, Anton. Go ahead, Jason. No, go ahead, Jason. I was just going to say, Cole, not like, I know it's not a different bike, but. The last time he raced, he had different plastics on the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So coming into this one, a lot of those guys are all coming back from injuries too. Like Mm -hmm. Prado got hurt during that break. Fever blew his knee out uh, like around Matterley or or Valcom's Ward, so he was way under the radar. uh, Kyrilli was hurt, and then Hurling's just had a concussion like a few weeks prior, so he's Mm kind of racing his way back. Mm -hmm. So like awesome opportunity for Glenn. I think, like, Geyser had his issue. You know, he stepped off in those rollers. Ooh, he got lucky. And that's where it's going to be. That's where it's going to be because, like, how fast are these guys going to be able to recover? Like, is Tim going to have another gnarly one? And then is that going to end whatever he's got going on? Is it enough for Kyroli to get healthy in this short of time? Like, that's going to be the big factor because these guys aren't used to racing this much. The mm. most they ever do is three races in a row. Mm. Um, but then, like, watching those MX2 classes, like, honestly, some of the really good racing is there like yago geertz and vial are and tom tom vial are coming into their own and like you can tell the vial is really advancing and maturing and then geertz is kind of on the ragged edge because he crashed out of the weed and then there's this fernandez kid that kind of came out of nowhere and he was fast like he was really really fast and i had never really paid attention to him before mm-hmm. yeah he so, was he was he surprised me that guy was really and it's funny i think i jinxed him because i'm like dude this guy's on the gas he's coming through and then he high side and had that huge yeah. get up. I mean, he he looked he he got away from it pretty good, but it was bad. It looked bad. Yeah, and so like I, as we wait for everything to come on, I even was watching time qualifying today. Race, how well everybody's bikes just settle in their riding style. Like Dahmer and I have seen it in person. Don, you and Chase have seen it too at Glen Helen when the GPS were there. But like they just they just kind of glide across the top. It doesn't matter how messed up the track is; they still find a way just to kind of hammer through everything, and their mm-hmm. bikes don't get too upset or too kicked out or gnarly or anything. You know what's uh, crazy is like you think about like most recently when RV went overseas and uh, you know took his setup that he thought would work and it didn't work, and he said he was he admitted like, dude, their suspension's way different there. Yeah, tracks are way different. How about when they come here? Like, are yeah. they running U.S. style suspension? Or are they running the same stuff? And it's obviously working when they're here too. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, I, and like in seeing the riding styles in person, like they're just not hard on the gas. They just kind of cruise. Like mm-hmm. the GP guys are why those longer headers are back in moto, yeah. like in U.S. moto, because they want just like a more broad low end. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, like, all that stuff is interesting, and and honestly, I think where like the U.S. had a huge, huge influence in Supercross. The GP guys are having an opposite influence in everybody else's riding style because they're showing, like, hey, just carry your momentum instead of, like, doing a Barsha style where you just hammer the bike into a turn and then try to explode back out. Mm-hmm. Hey, but, were you, yeah, were you surprised uh, Were you surprised to see Cairoli resign? Uh, yes and no. Um, I know that he wants to keep doing it, and he really wants to win more titles, and he does have speed to win titles and then also he knows that like tim and jeffrey are going to crash at some point in time so i think that he just kind of wants to keep it going i mm-hmm. would think this is probably it though yeah. um i was, was kind of surprised i thought he'd be calling it quit soon yeah yeah especially with them having a kid but i think that like the way he got hurt last year and then got hurt this year he doesn't want to end it being far from 100 percent. like mm-hmm. he wants a real farewell tour to give it a shot i think yeah. mm-hmm. um do the other thing like me and a friend were talking about this and me and Dahmer and, and you Don have all talked about it too. There's so much parody in that class. There's so many guys that could win. Like nobody thinks that like Jeremy Sewer was the second place guy last year. Sewer had the fastest lap times for a while during this weekend. Like 
Paul Lynn is good. Tonus is good when everything's clicking for him. There's a lot of really good guys that can make things happen. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Prado, once he figures out how to control the 450, he's going to become a big factor, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I know that, like, I would say, you know, Dahmer is an exception because he's an American who just loves MXGP racing. But I, I think the average U.S. race fan doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to the GPs because there's not an American there who can contend and be a guy that's running up front, right? 100%, yeah. <coughs> 100%, yeah. Who is our next great red, white, and blue hope that Justin might go Barcher. to your... Justin yeah, Barcher, Justin yeah. Barsher, right? Yeah, 100%. Cause his wife's from the U.K. He loves it there. He's been open about yeah. that. I, uh, yeah, and the, the spot that I heard that he would go to is uh, the Monster Energy Kawasaki team because yep. DeSalle is kind of getting towards the end there. And they're, you know, big monster team, Alpine Stars, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It all lines up for him to go that way. Um, but then, as far as everything else, like, it, especially this year, it's not going to happen. I don't know how soon that could happen again because, you know, Mitchell Harrison was going to be that hope right now, and then he's back here with PC for the summer because he mm-hmm. couldn't get back over to Europe. Um, so it's just kind of out there. I And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Volan's kid did it. Like if Max Volan yeah. went over there, just like his he dad would have did. done. He'd do EMX though, right? He's already done EMX, right? I think he's done like little stuff here and there. But like, if there was a kid whose family really didn't want to do Supercross, mm. and there are families that yeah. are like that because they just find it to be too scary and too technical, and they could commit to that lifestyle, they could totally do it. But I think that like, there's just no interest. Like all of our US stuff is on Supercross, mm-hmm. yeah, but. Dude, the GP thing, like, as you said, it sucks that nobody watches it because I remember being, like, a kid growing up and seeing how cool the gear is. Like, Yves Damara's gear in the 90s is amazing. And the Skittles bikes. The flower oxbow mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that stuff is badass. I'd wear all that now just, like, to the grocery store. That stuff's sick. Yeah, you would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, all that, it's just so foreign. And there, it, it has, like, that exotic that appeal to it and really dude like some of the best racing is over there those emx classes are badass too Mm -hmm. like if you can watch like if you're listening to this pull up the emx two mode like 250 second moto from this weekend in latvia and just watch the last lap passes for the lead it's awesome like the two guys that are going for it exchange moves like seven times in the last lap and it's it's incredible you know and those kids really really know how to ride over there like Mm -hmm. they're riding the big scale tracks all the time they're not just waiting until the regional or whatever comes to town. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember in uh, when RV went over there, I was in, I was going into second period and my friend was watching one of the races on his computer. And I was like, what's that? I was like, I thought, he's, I thought he was done racing. Where is he racing? <laughs> and my friends and I got super into MXGPs that year yeah. just because RV was there. Like I had this friend Braden, literally, I forget what brand gear it is, but it's one of those gear companies that's only over there. Mm-hmm. He, IXS. He, yeah. He's like paid, I think, more for shipping just to get that gear. Yeah. So he could bring it, wear it here, and it, like he wore it like two times or something, and it mm-hmm. ripped. But yeah, we were just so into it. And then <laughs> RV was done, and we're, I don't think any of us watched it after that. Yeah, you know one of the one of the things I'm the most glad about in my career is that I went to Thailand and I got to see RV get his only GP win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the last time I went to a GP. But for me being there. And getting to hang out with RV, you know, in a foreign country like that, and seeing him score what was his only win, you know, his next to last race of his career, it's like something that I'll remember forever. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's just, man, I have to think, you know, he didn't he didn't give it a hundred percent effort over there because the, the spanking he put on those guys in Thailand was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he was just super unhappy and felt like he was forced in the position and so on and so forth but uh yeah i'm super glad i got to go to that and uh and see that yeah and he was probably the last <laughs> i mean he i mean he was probably the last guy to win that i'm like he's he's the only guy that could probably do something over there with these guys you know mm-hmm. i mean barsha i mean if barsha does go i mean 
we'll definitely see some bar banging over yeah, there for sure. That is going to be so weird to yeah. see Barsha of all guys out there. Like with his, like Anton was just saying, his riding style is di- yeah. it does is not work so there. So no. weird. They're they're going to be trying to announce over that bike and just be appalled by how loud he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, it's just it's so wild and like. If you're a like a true motocross fan, like that's the really the series to watch. The mm-hmm. bikes are different. Like that's the only place where there's works bikes still. Yep. That, they're in Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. And guess what? There's really nothing in Japan right now. So that's the series to watch because a lot of that stuff that then eventually rolls into a consumer bike years later is on those bikes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the the special frames that they do, everything. The gear yeah. stuff is cool too because like yeah, there there is weirdo gear like cannon gear or mm-hmm. whatever, and you're just like, what the hell is that? But that's how Alpine <laughs> Stars' gear started. Like mm-hmm. I remember in the like. 2000s like don was one of the few people in the u.s that had that stuff oh yeah i remember going when i was real young my dad pointing don out and be like How's he, how does he get that gear yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah i remember we were, that. my dad was like that's was a boot so company jealous. what is he wearing <laughs> yeah dude yeah. that kid was sick <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what was one of the best things of that latvia race that i noticed on tv the hillsides were packed with people spectators mm-hmm. so- were in full effect there any so, masks? And it sounds like, uh, kind of. A few there and here and there, but it, it it was packed with with people. That was great to see. Dude, how about the Euro masks are like different? Like different? Cole, everyone on the podium had the mask for you actually tie them behind your head and behind your neck. I didn't. It's like see here that. we all got the elastic ones that go behind your ear. It just proves how lazy we are. Over yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see the point of Colton Hoff and those guys wearing them on the podium. Yeah. I mean. It's good branding. They all have their own <laughs> brand. One more place, right? Yeah, one more place for branding. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear a um, spectator count? Did they release that? I know that it was reduced. And here's the other thing about like that race. Apparently, there was a uh, like a pushback. Paul Jonas is Latvian, you know, and he won that MX2 championship. So like he's the golden boy of motocross in that country. But with him being out with like a broken back right now. Uh, it sounds like some of the people within the Latvian government weren't very happy that this big event was going to be held. And if something gets, if something does happen where there is like an outbreak of COVID cases from there, it sounds like some people might like piss and moan and say like, it's because of that. But mm. a lot of people, it seems like they're just bummed that Paul's didn't get to race <laughs> or the race to happen. Cause they have to pay the in front people as the promotion group. Mm-hmm. But like, that's a great track. And I, as far as everybody I've talked to over there, you know, in the GPs, that's one of the better ones to go to. I had a great time when I went. You can see pretty much anything from anywhere. Uh, like, if you ever, if we ever get the chance to go to Europe again, that's a good one to go see. Tuan, what's the food like in Latvia? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's really Eastern European. And, like, that was my first, like, when I went, that was the first time I'd ever gone to Europe. So I remember, like, a huge culture shock. It was like those Ernest, like, Saves Christmas movies. It was like Ernest goes to Europe. It was terrible. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're, uh, it's a good time. Coffee's good, like typical Eastern European country. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see those two, like these next two, because EMX stuff starts tomorrow, and then right after that, the one-day format for MXGP again. But it seems like those guys are taking pretty well to it, like just having the one free practice and combined time qualifying practice. I mean, hell, Seaworth uh, even stopped and was, like, looking at timesheets during practice that day. So it seems like they're kind of adapting to not having to race on Saturdays, too. Mm. Well, that's cool. But, yeah, it's a good time. So uh, how's Monday Kickstart going, buddy? It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. I've been on the phone getting <laughs> scoops all day, so don't worry. I've been, I've been hot and heavy on the trail with some stuff. Right, right, right. Well, uh, what else, guys? What did you do besides watch TV all weekend, Don? I didn't watch TV all weekend. I wish. <laughs> I just your moto, Honeydew. We went on fall Friday. That's right. That's right. Just uh, Honeydews. I had Honeydews with the misses. Yeah. Had a family thing yesterday for August birthdays. My whole family's in August. Mm-hmm. Mine, my aunts, my cousins. So we had a big family gathering yesterday. So yeah, just uh, stuff around the house and whatnot. You know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Watching some, watching some MotoGP too. Mm-hmm. Those of you out there, don't forget to watch MotoGP. MotoGP is unreal right now. So that's another. So yeah, I mean Sunday. Did I woke up Sunday morning and watched MotoGP first thing in the morning, like six thirty-seven in the morning, 
And then, well, MXGP wasn't on until later, so I had to wait till I got home for my family thing to watch MXGP. So, so you 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 fiested and you watched TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at a at a Gaitan family gathering, is it like Danny's type American food because you guys are all so white, or is it like carne asada? Oh yeah, they had carne asada oh, yeah? and chicken, and my aunt made bean dip, and then they had you know they have everything. Oh yeah. Ooh. Well, remember, it's at my, my cousin's married to Albanian, so it's it's at the Albanian compound oh. that we go to. <laughs> so for some so, kebabs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they got a little moonshine there too, and some <laughs> oh, other, wow. some other. His his mom makes this like pita stuff. It's amazing. Huh. Oh yeah, they they take care of it over there. That sounds like a good time. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. Dahmer is so multicultural. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> predominantly white. Very diverse, <laughs> yeah. but my white side does dominate. Yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Dahmer is only no, is only Mexican. Mexican guy I knew that got called a middle class white man by his son. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my white privilege. My yeah, white, white privilege. <laughs> so, uh, so Chase, you were in uh, Havasu all weekend, yeah? Yes. On the so boat, boat yes. life? Boat life. It was amazing. And you were like boat lifing amongst moto people, you said. It was really weird. Yeah, there was a lot of, lot of moto guys out, even staying where I was staying. Mm-hmm. So. It was cool though, but yeah, AP Designs was out there. A couple CBD guys that we know. Yeah, from Brent Line from Irenic. Yeah. Yep. Did you see Davey Millsaps and his family on the lake? <laughs> I did not. No, huh. I'm not. I was keeping an eye out though, just in case. Dude, speaking of Millsaps, yeah, his kid, he brought his kid to our race series last weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, I interviewed Dane, and you know it's tough interviewing like you kids. know eight year old, nine year old kids. <laughs> he was pretty funny though. I'm like, hey man, do you remember when your dad raced? And he goes, <laughs> yeah. He used to crash a lot, <laughs> and I was just cracking up, and I was like, well, what about when he won uh, Anaheim 1? Do you remember that? And he goes, he did? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, what else did he say? That was funny. I said, hey, did you know your mom was Miss Supercross? And he goes, yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> she doesn't know anything about Supercross. <laughs> Little yeah. does he know, we, she wasn't there for uh, her knowledge of the sport. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude, we put up a little uh, race series video interview with him and it's like the number one video on our youtube of the week <laughs> it's pretty funny but uh so uh other than that uh tuan any funny stories from loretta's no this is a good time i mean i had an ice cream cone uh i want to say on i think it was like thursday or friday when it was like really really hot out mm-hmm. and i remember like it was hot and i wanted a snow cone earlier and i didn't have my money on me um <laughs> And so it was like kind of like having that one ripped away. So when I did have my money, I went and got an ice cream. And the girl handed it to me through the window, and I bit it, and I just remember going, God damn, like because it was so good. And then I looked at her T-shirt, and it said, like, dirt bikes, motocross, Jesus on it. And I was just like, oh, yeah, of course, of all the people I say that in front of, here we go. (laughs) But, but yeah, it was a good time. Like, Loretta's a sick. Um, Everybody made me feel super welcome. Like, people are into it. Uh, Yeah, it's cool. I really – pretty much i'm sure that i'm gonna have to go back to that race forever from now on just because it's so close hey anton uh, when you were there and you watched all did you ever go did a moment you go you know what i need to qualify and try and come and race this thing <laughs> i did you did I didn't think about that yeah but i'm gonna have to wait till i'm like in the 40 plus class because those 250 or the 25 and 30 guys are really fast I'm yeah like, they're oh still God. flying yeah i saw one of their motos crazy yeah the 40 guys like you can tell like I'm not trying to be Kiefer. Like, I'm not trying to win the class. I know I'm not going to win the class. I just want to be, like, 35th. That's cool with me, you know? (laughs) But, yeah, like, that, honestly, too, in watching all that, I'm so excited for this weekend because that's going to be one of those tracks where you can't just ride balls to the wall all the time. Like, you really do have to, like, dial it back a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I asked the Loretta's guru himself, Tony Alessi, and he, he said that he expects a lot of guys to complain about arm pump coming this weekend just because it's such a tight track compared to what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And that was like, dude, talking to Tony in itself was like, oh, my God, this is really Loretta's because every story I ever read about Loretta's involved him. <laughs> and yeah. so to see him, like, you know, going to the line 15 motos early and then watching every gate in the 50 class to figure out what was the best one for the start, I was just like, yeah, this is it. Like, we're there. How did, how did uh, Tony's little project Yeah, Luke, kind of do? speaking of that, he, he crushed it. Second place, right? Yeah, he did well. Um, dude, not a lot of time on that bike. From yeah. from everybody that I had been talking to, he had been kind of put into Tony's attention by um, Kyle Lewis. 
And so he's a two-stroke kid. Like, that's what he mm-hmm. always rides and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple months ago, I guess during one of those qualifiers, he had gotten a hold of one of Kyle Lewis's, like, 2015 Honda 450s and went and rode that and then, like, was kicking ass at that regional. So then they were at, Loret- or at Glen Helen a few weeks ago, and I guess Kyle told Tony to keep an eye on him, and Tony was super impressed and brought him. But, like, he had a bike that pretty much came off of, like, the Salt Lake City Supercross track and then went straight to Loretta's. It had a full XPR engine. Mm. Uh, it had race tech suspension, so not the factory stuff and not the factory brakes. But, I mean, the bike was ready to go. There was nothing holding him back. But it doesn't seem like he has a lot of time on a 450. He's just a two-stroke guy. Yeah. And so he's still trying to adapt to it. Uh, he's got a cool riding style. It's, like, kind of – it reminds me of a desert guy because yeah. he's, like, so hunched over all the time and he's mm-hmm. real wild. Yeah, he's so a to desert kid, I'm pretty to, sure. Yeah, like he looks like a desert guy out there. Like all that's missing is the oversized gas tank. Yeah. Um, Luke crushes yeah, it though. Was, he's a, he's a regular at a race series. He's always out. He has a, like a Husky 125, and sometimes he races a a YZ 125. Both older bikes though. But yeah, he crushes it. He's always pretty much when he shows up at the Glen Helen races or whatever at the race series, he he wins the 125 class. So yeah, it was cool to see him get that ride and do well. Yeah. Dude, uh, the other funny thing was one of the first nights there, they did the first ever, like, that mini E-class with the Husky and the KTM. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. Uh, it was it was cool to see everybody because they all knew how important it was. But then, like, I was sitting there watching the race. I almost missed the start of it because you don't hear the bike <laughs> record. Yeah. So, like, Casey grabbed my arm and turned me so I would shoot the photo, like, just as the gate drops. It's like, you hear the gate drop, and then you just hear this whoosh down the track. But then you could hear people all the way around the track screaming at their kids, like yelling for them to go, go, go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was cool because usually it's just like wide open, that high-pitched whine. So mm-hmm. that was cool to see. Um, sounds like from talking to some people that have like been coaching those kids and everything, some of the kids are actually faster on their electric bike. They just think they're faster on their two-stroke bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but like actual lap times say they are faster on, on the electric bikes. Um, they are working out some issues with those. You know, it is the first year. It sounds like a lot of them had like a thermal, like a heat issue at one point. But I mean, that so was one because it was so hot and their race was in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. They did four laps. I mean, four laps is a lot around Loretta's yeah. for a Jeez. electric mini bike. I mean, it's a lot for just like a gas powered mini bike. Mm-hmm. So that stuff was cool. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, I even kind of was, like, watching the 50cc classes, too, from here and there. I didn't know that people made, like, the higher bar mounts for the PW50s. I'd never seen that. So somebody is just crushing in money there. And then uh, <laughs> how the mini, like, the Cobe 50 pairs all come together, because there's at least, like, three or four mechanicals on the starting line every moto, it seems like. <laughs> and so it was, like, full NASCAR pit crews to get, you know, <laughs> uh, chains replaced or, like, get bikes started and running and all that stuff again. So, yeah, it... Loretta's is a trip. Anton, did you ever get in, to jump in the creek? No, I didn't get in the creek. Oh, I went. I interviewed Mason Gonzalez in the creek, though. Like he sat in the creek, I and then saw I saw that. Went that was cool. Like when I did that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the other like Loretta's accomplishment. I didn't interview in the creek. <laughs> uh, so I went and saw the bridge and when or the the creek mill and all that, and watched some kid jump off of it and all that. It's unbelievable how many people were there. Like you really do have to see it to believe it, dude. How gnarly uh, is it seeing the people? camping in tents oh my goodness oh my god like with that weather there mm-hmm. yeah i don't know gnarly they hey hey tuan well you were talking about the uh the ktm e5s uh it just got signed it, we don't know what we're going to call the race yet but we're going to have a uh uh for lack of a better terms you remember the the kawasaki race of champions they used to have at english town years and years ago probably before oh, yeah. we were born but um at the mini major each day we're going to have uh, 20 slots open for a electric 50 race, and we're going to select the riders that enter the regular 50 classes. So it'll be like three sets of 20 riders different on each day. But I think that should be cool to watch some kids just ride a couple laps of practice and then race these electric 50s, you know? Yeah, that's going to be rad. I'm, I'm so interested to see how this thing goes, too. Yeah. Like... It's the perfect. The all I love the Alta. Like anybody that knows, I really enjoyed that bike. But this is the perfect package, especially as we try to introduce new people into moto. That was kind of the overwhelming theme of Loretta's this year too. 
there was like an apprenticeship program where they had some kids that they were showing media roles, like how to be an announcer, photographer. Stasic had a huge presence in uh, the pavilion area, like where the award show is every on the end of the week. Dude, and there were, were there kids. hundreds of Stasic ripping around the pits? Dude, everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> and that thing is so cool because everybody wants to be a part of it. I mean, Matt Schumann was like, Anton, you could get on that thing and ride it if you wanted to. And I'm like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I want to. It looks badass. Um, but, like, yeah, there's a real big push to get everybody onto bikes. And I think that that KTM Husky bike is going to be the best way. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing for the industry. I know a lot of people think, like, well, you know, there's no pipes or there's no this or there's no that. But, like, there's still a coolant element to it. There's still suspension fluid, chain wax. Like, there's stuff that has to be maintained so an oil company would get some stuff. Uh, the cost of maintenance and how easy it is for parents to learn is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going like, to lead gas bikes, too. Yeah. Like, like kid- think about it. If you were a parent that was like, okay, I'm going to get my kid into racing, and you saw a Cobra 50, no offense to that brand, but, like, we know how finicky those bikes are. That's enough to scare anybody the hell away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing's going to be cool to see how it takes off from there. And it sounds like there's even momentum building into bigger and bigger electric bikes over the next few years too were there any were there any protests in that class like anyone protest oh he reprogrammed his shit (laughs) he jailbroke no no nothing like that (laughs) (laughs) no nothing like that i didn't really hear of any gnarly protests or anything this week i was a little disappointed Hmm. really wow yeah no fist fights, no nothing. I didn't see wow. anybody's because of the mask too. Nobody was able to spit in each other's faces. Yeah, it was mm. fucking bummed. Yeah, was, were right. many people wearing masks there? Yeah, um, you have to wear a mask. Like at Loretta's, you had to wear a mask in the staging area if you weren't the rider. Like if you were a mechanic or mm-hmm. like a media guy or whatever. And then in the cool down zone and by the podium, if you were on like the track side of the fence, you had to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And then it was like highly encouraged to wear a mask, like when you walked through the pit area or then when you were in like crowded areas mm-hmm. there were some people that wore masks but like i mean let's be honest the public really wasn't like gung ho on it there were some people i wore one more often than not just because like i know that i need to get used to it i'm gonna have to wear a mask all day this saturday and mm-hmm. i have to wear a mask all day next saturday so like whatever there's might as well just bite the bullet now and figure out what it's gonna feel like yeah um hey anton did but, you did you see um i heard i saw one of the days of just checking it out they had Kevin Windham on there yeah. in a thing, and he was apparently like running one of the tractors out on the track yeah. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, nice. Windham was there. Uh, Ricky had flown in at one point, and then Hot Sauce was there with Ryder D. So like, yeah, it was cool. There's a there's a bunch of people there. Matt Walker's there with all of his kids that train at his place down down south. Matt Michelia is a trainer at South of the Border now, so he's there helping out super many kids. A bunch of our industry friends, Paul Parabinos, Kiefer, hey, was, Kuzo. Was Malcolm there doing parade laps? Yeah. Malcolm was actual. there. Yeah. Yep. Dude, funny thing about that. I was talking to Malcolm like very first day, and they did the parade laps on Monday. And I was like, how did it feel to ride? He's like, well, that was the first time I've ridden since Utah. Mm-hmm. He was on the bike that James built a few years ago, like that 17 oh. or 18 Honda. Like he doesn't even have a 20 right now mm-hmm. as they try to figure out what, what happens with him next. Um so yeah, it was cool. Like, and everybody is into it. You know, like Axel was there. Everybody was pumped to see him. Like all the kids were. I would not be surprised to see him probably try to race that at some point in the near future, just because he had so much fun riding. Like he was in his gear all day, just walking around. No way. He only rode, I think, for like, you know, like, and and Axel only rode for like ten minutes one day, and he was still in his gear a lot. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe like, Roger made it. it. <laughs> Roger made <laughs> something. Thing. He didn't pack him clothes. Any, any good Roger Larson stories? No, Roger was mellow. There's um, no victims this year. <laughs> no, no, Roger. Roger is the king of Loretta's because he knows where to stand. The cool down area has like a live timing and then like a the broadcast feed, so he kind of stays there and he'll watch. The furthest Roger will go is the tunnel after the finish line. He'll go through the tunnel and then see into the infield and then he'll walk back. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, he's the guy to know to follow if if you've never been there before. But I don't think any real shenanigans happened this year. Mm. Did you hit the beer tent? No, was there a beer tent? There was a beer tent, but I'm, I have too much going oh, on. There was. I didn't wow. get to. Huh. I had a I had a beer with my burrito at the end of the night one night, like way back in in town. But mm. yeah, but nice. it's it's cool. Like it was cool to see it all in person and and kind of go through it. Um, it really did like it believes the hype. Like it really did live up to everything I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to transfer into mini major. I think mini major is going to be bigger than ever this year. 
Dude, yeah. Because, I mean, look at our race series. Yeah. Just our regular race series events. What, Glen Helen was 620, yeah, 30. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's been insane. And the and it's all the 50s and 60s. Those classes are massive. Mm-hmm. That's what I was stoked about, this KTM Husky kind of race of champions things that we're going to do. That's going to be cool for these kids to get a chance to ride these bikes. Kind of in a race. It's like a race demo, if you will. They're not... Really, we're not giving away championships or a winner. It's just for them to get a chance to test these mm-hmm. these e-bikes for the first time. But, yeah, that that should be really cool. I'm really excited to see that happen. I'm stoked. When, when you were at KTM pitching them on that idea, did you throw in the idea of sponsoring the Moto Milf Surrender Zone? No, not at all. <laughs> you got to get a sponsor for that. No. I think, you know, there could be just like a photo booth, right? And it could just say, Miss Mini Major. You need, yeah. like, you need to get, like, Other Viagra to sponsor that or, some, or, huh? or something. Trojan. Like. Trojan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, guys, let's uh, – the, the, the content's headed south here right now. So. You oh, took it south. This is you north. took it south. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, for uh, Chase, Dahmer, and Anton, I'm signing off. We'll talk to you next week. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.